So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Hello, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Thank you so much for listening on this. What are we? Are we in April right now? Are we in May? My goodness, April day. Uh, you guys, my name is Ben Hartley, and I'm hanging out here on the podcast, getting ready to speak to um, an amazing person. I can't wait to tell you more about him. But let me just look. If it's your first time listening to the podcast. The entire purpose of this is to help you grow your business. Sometimes we've got other photographers on here. We do a lot with weddings, but it's not just weddings. I think the last episode was birth photography. Like we're all over the board. We really just want to help you get better. And the thing that I love about this podcast is it's not just photographers. Like today's episode, for example, we have probably one of the most valuable valuable people. Like you need to listen up, right? You need to pay attention, especially now it is tax season. On this episode, we have Andrew Jordan with us, you guys. He is not an artist. He is not a photographer. Actually, no, he is a creative, but he's not a photographer. Um, Andrew is a CPA. We'll talk to him a little bit more about even what that means. Um, but he was inspired after another CPA, certified public accountant, and he'll correct me if I got that wrong, a certified public accountant, gave one of his now clients some bad advice. And it cost them $3,000 extra in taxes. Do you guys feel this pain when tax season hits photographers? Are you terrified? Are you worried about losing money or having to pull up uh, on the bank? And, and uh, ah, like I... I get stressed. Um, you guys, Andrew helps his clients become more profitable uh, through his uh, company, Jordan CPA Services. Welcome to the show, Andrew Jordan. Andrew, what's going on, man? Hey, Ben. It's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Did I get that right for starters? CPA, Certified Public Accountant? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yes. Yes. Um, dude, like, okay, I'm going to level with you. When I meet people who are accountants... I often look at them and I wonder like what traumatic event <laughs> happened in your childhood that made you want to deal with taxes like all all day every day like what like what what I'm trying to ask you is why are you the way you are <laughs> Yeah that's a great question and you know uh, sitting over here in the accounting camp most accountants tend to look at creatives and kind of view them the same way you know like how are you so weird how are you so different than i am and i think one of the things that makes me a little different i appreciate the intro i do consider myself a creative even though i can't draw and i can't take a decent photo but i'm my creativity expresses itself in other ways so 
I kind of bridged the two camps a little bit, but you're right. Like the two camps generally do not understand each other. They did not sit at the same lunch table in high school, you know? <laughs> That's a good analogy. We didn't sit at the same lunch table in high school. Oh my goodness. Tell me about your high school days, man. Let's just go there. Let's go down that route. Yeah. Um, I mean, how did you end up becoming, um, I mean, with, with even your company, like how did um, Jordan CPA services even come about? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. So I went to high school with uh, a really good group of friends around me. And it was kind of funny because they were all creatives. Like they were all in a band and they were all graphic designers or creatives in different ways. And uh, in, in college, then my college roommate was a fine art major. My wife is super artistic. So I've always just been surrounded by these artistic people. But my gifts are very different. Like I can read a spreadsheet. I can read a financial statement and make sense of it and, and understand the underlying story there and kind of translate it to people. And so I've always been surrounded by these very artistic people, but, but my gifts are really different, expressed differently. So I always was good at sort of I don't know what you want to call it, accounting. People often think it's math. It's not really exactly math. It's really easy math. Like it's adding and subtracting mainly. But the important thing is understanding what's going on and being able to explain that to people. And that's what I think I'm really good at. So for me, the path was pretty easy to towards CPA. So got my accounting degree, accounting master's degree, became a CPA, went into public accounting. And I will say this, I probably hated big corporate CPA firm I started at as much as you would have been. Like it was an awful yeah. experience, dramatic in every way. So I worked for a small CPA firm for a while. I learned a lot, um, liked that, liked helping clients, got recruited by a client to be their chief financial officer. It was cool. It was nice. a tech company. We actually had a branch that was a creative agency. So I got to work and manage directly with a bunch of creatives. And that was really fun. And so I did that for four years and then I started my own firm. And so Jordan CPA Services is kind of like the main traditional brand. But then we have another brand called Big Picture CPA that focuses only on photographers. And so we're excited. Nice. Yeah. You're actually, you're, mm -hmm. you're like focused on the creative industry. You're Absolutely. focused on photographers, videographers, I imagine, creatives. Yeah. And, and I would say there's different CPAs who are sort of broadly directed at creatives in general. I wanted to dial yeah. it down even, even tighter and be, hey, we only focus on photographers in this brand. In this wow. Niche. So yeah. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Very cool. Dude, that's so cool. And I just got to say, like, I know I started off with a little bit of a jab there no, uh, with like, why are you the way you are? But man, I'm so glad that you are like, we need, yeah, we need your talent. We need your creativity. Um, so, so badly. I mean, like we are, we're in April here. Tech season technically just wrapped, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there's some extensions that have been filed, I'm sure. Um, but let's actually, so in the intro, you know, the way that, um, one of the things that you got inspired by um, was seeing another photographer, mm. like seeing somebody out there who's running a business, um, just get hit, get hit with taxes um, because they, they just didn't file things correctly. You saw this, you saw an opportunity to serve uh, and this kind of got you lined up and geared towards figuring out ways to really step up and help photographers. Um, look, I mean, like I look at myself right now and even as I hear that story, mm -hmm. I mean, how many photographers, I mean, we're, like photographers, aren't you got to be scared? Like, aren't you scared sometimes of just like, am I doing this right? Like, did I actually not not just did I do it right? Did I do it? Uh, like, did I do it to the best of the ability to save uh, to save money? I mean, people are always trying to figure out like, how do I book higher end weddings? How do I make more money? Like, look, the six figure photography podcast. How do I make six figures? Like, uh, there's another side of it too, and it's keeping hold of the money that you got. It's like cutting expenses and taxes. Is, this is part of it. And so, 
Um, could you share a little bit more of that story uh, of of the photographer that um, you were able to help save 3K on? Yeah, absolutely. And been kind of, it, I think it ties into what we were saying earlier about different people with different gifts and different personalities. And I'm glad you're gifted the way you are. I'm, I'm looking right now at, in my office, these beautiful pictures of my children that I could have never taken. And I'm so grateful for my photographer. And I think he would tell you uh, that he's very grateful for me because we have this conversation. Um, when you're talking about taxes, there's a lot of kind of myths and mis- uh, misconceptions. A lot of people think there's sort of some magic pill. And, and if I have the right person do my taxes, they can sort of save me all this taxes. And there, okay. there's, that's generally not very true. There, there's kind of two ways to save on taxes. One is the really boring, but really effective way of keeping really good records. And, I, yeah. and I'll tell you this, because uh, I think for most photographers, that's probably a little bit of a struggle uh, based on the photographers I've worked with and I'm friends with. Uh, but there's some really great apps, and I'd love to dive into those a little bit later in the episode. There's some really great ways that technology can make it a lot less painful today than even a few years ago. But the other thing is there are some some techniques and some things you can do that can save you a bunch of taxes. And, and that second thing is how I help this one photographer. So, you know, generalizations are not always helpful, but it is generally true that my brother's CPAs are very, very conservative on stuff. And hey, that's good. Like you want us to keep you out of jail. It's important. I would describe myself, right? as very conservative. But um, on some things that if you just don't specialize, you get into this danger. So if I can explain a really complex issue, let me see if I can do this in, in a really simple way. There's something called an S corporation. And most people, like if you just start in business, right, you're probably sole proprietorship. You file what's called a Schedule C as part of your individual tax return. And the important thing to know is 100% of your net profit from your business is going to be subject to self-employment tax. And self-employment tax is 15%. So you're going to be paying this 15% tax on all of your profit. And so if you had profit of $100,000, that's $15,000 you're paying in taxes just for self-employment tax, let alone the actual income tax. So what an S-corporation election allows you to do is it basically says, okay, look, you made $100,000 profit. Well, how much of that was you wearing your employee cap? That will be subject to self-employment tax. How much of it was you wearing your I'm the owner of a business. I own the stock of this business just like I own stock of Walmart and was just a return on your ownership because that portion, that's yeah. not subject to self-employment tax. So what basically happened is uh, a CPA, he had an S-corporation election and, and the allocation between how much is the reasonable compensation that you have to pay self-employment tax on and how much is the return on your business investment, like that split is super important. Obviously, yeah. obviously, the IRS knows about this. And so there's always a bit of a struggle between, hey, I mean, Ben, you want to make your salary as low as you possibly can to sell, save self-employment tax, right? Sure. But, you know, it's $10,000 salary, really reasonable for a full-time photographer. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. And so people try and do that. And the IRS always wins when they when they do stupid stuff like that. But yeah. you can go the other way. And this is what happened with this, this guy who's now a client of mine, this photographer. The, the CPA said, you know what? Let's be really, really conservative. Let's say a reasonable salary for you is $60,000. Yeah. And so you're going to pay self-employment tax uh, 15% on $60,000. Well, and it and, and depends on where you are and what state you're in and what, you know, if you have a degree in photography or certifications experience, like there's a ton that goes into this stuff. And, and that's why we want to specialize, right? This, this right here, because I ran the numbers yeah. on him and I said, man, 
to me, where you're at with your experience and the geographic region you're in, 40,000 is the right number. So yeah. 40,000 versus 60,000, that's $20,000 less he's paying 15% tax on. That's three grand in taxes every year yeah. he's saving. Yeah. Dude, that's huge. Like if all of that went over your head, <laughs> listeners, just, so it's like be a, a, an LLC filing as an escort. You're exactly right. Yep. There it is. There's the nugget. There's the soundbite. You t- like Google that, email Andrew, be like, yo, what was that thing again about being an, an LLC filing as an escort? Uh, but dude, what I love about the way that you just articulated that, Andrew, is I actually understood what you were talking yeah, about. Awesome. Thanks. And I think probably the story is really helpful to, to kind of grasp that because like you were saying, when I think about accounting, I do think about just like numbers and math. Uh, and I think to understand it in terms of stories is is really helpful. So then let me get this straight. You, for the most part, Andrew, are you consulting with photographers or are you running the numbers? Are you processing the bookkeeping and that kind of stuff? Or are you more so sitting down with somebody and understanding their story and advising them on, on the best course of actions to take? Tell me what you actually do, you know, hands-on with the photographers that you know, absolutely. And, and Ben, that's exactly it. We would describe ourselves much more as consultants than say tax preparers. And we, we do prepare some taxes and that's my background. I've taught tax classes at the local university and all that. But you know, we wouldn't want to necessarily do a tax return for a photographer in New York City, but we'd love to consult with them on how to make their books less painful, how to save on taxes, how to structure some of this stuff. And even we get into different times coaching, you know, hey, I set a budget, but I need someone to check in with me and make sure I'm actually following it and some of those kind of things too. Yeah, dude, I love it. So let's talk about the bookkeeping because that's something that I find particularly painful. You know, you were talking about like staying organized, keeping track of of the numbers, the expenses, that kind of stuff, organization, I guess. Um, but like bookkeeping is one of those things that like, uh, how do I put it? Like, I think um, there is there is a, a, a small portion of my heart that um, turns uh, to dust every time I have to like deal with bookkeeping. <laughs> like I, I think I'd rather cut off the tip of my uh, finger uh, than deal with this each month. I'm sorry to be so bad. Uh, like, it's just like, that's how I feel about this. Are there, uh, are there ways, like what are some ways to make it less painful in terms of uh, let's just talk maybe about the bookkeeping portion. Cause obviously there's so many different things that we're actually addressing here as we're talking about taxes, as we're talking about being a small business owner. Uh, but let's talk about bookkeeping itself. Do you have tools, strategies, um, <clears throat> systems that you would recommend a photographer be aware of and utilize? Absolutely. And I tell you, we work only within the QuickBooks ecosystem. And we made that decision because we'd rather be experts in one thing and then kind of dabble in a whole bunch of other ones. And because we looked at a lot of different options. And QuickBooks has a, an offering now called QuickBooks Online, which one of the things that's awesome about it is it's all online. So you can use it from your Mac or if you have a PC, like it doesn't matter. You can access it anywhere in the world. It's always backed up. All that good stuff you'd expect from being in the cloud. But it does these things. They're called bank feeds. And so you can hook up your credit card and you can hook up your bank account. It'll download the transactions for you and it'll categorize them for you. And it learns as you go. And so it always knows that like your credit card swipe at that restaurant that was a meal with a client, it'll always put it to meals and entertainment for you. And you just have to, instead of typing it all in and all that bookkeeping drudgery, you just have to look at it and be like, yep, that's right. Click, click, click. And you're done. So much easier, so much less painful. Yeah. I love it, man. So, um, there's a lot of options out there. So QuickBooks, mm-hmm. it's, it's just called QuickBooks, QuickBooks, QuickBooks Online. Online. Yep. 
podcast listeners, I apologize for interrupting the interview, but I just I have to give a shout out to two big supporters of the industry, two big supporters of the SFP podcast. And so I'm going to be brief here. The first is the Giphy booth. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, it is essentially a photo booth, but it is a modern, fresh, uh, new take on a photo booth. It makes animated GIFs and photographs. Now, here's the deal. I'm a working wedding photographer. I am not a photo booth owner. And I want you guys to understand this. This is perfect. If you are a photographer first, out shooting events, uh, portraiture, that type of thing, this booth is amazing because it requires so little work. Like I've I've had other photo booths. I still own another photo booth, but the Giphy booth is the thing that I love because I just get to set it up in under five minutes. It it's like a it's the size of like a laptop bag essentially. Um, it automates everything once you're done with an event. Uh, it's such an easy upsell. And one of the great things about it is because it takes so little overhead to actually run uh, an event that I essentially get to pass that savings on to my client. And so I can I can charge less for it, do more events and remain so much more stress-free. It also has like built-in marketing tools. You guys just need to check it out. It is called the Giphy Booth. Go check it out at giphy.com, G-I-F, yyy.com three y's g-i-f-y-y-y.com by the way use the coupon code sfp2017 for some dope discounts maybe just mention my name dude you know ben hartley sfp2017 uh is the code uh to go check this thing out i own one and i promise you i'm buying another this year as well next up on my thank you list is freedom edits you guys look the end of the day you can't grow your business if you are doing everything it's just a it's a fact that we all have to face. And to have somebody who's doing the bulk editing, by the way, when I say bulk editing, like I get to still, you get to still choose to edit the photographs that you want to edit, the beautiful portfolio shots, the stunning bridal portraits, whatever it is that you get excited about, please keep editing that. But all of the bulk stuff that slowly kills your soul, please go check out Freedom Edits and have them take care of it because they're going to give you consistent results with personal touch. This is the thing. It's the personal touch, like the intent Intentional decisions that that uh, Freedom Edits, by the way, in-house editors, not like outsourced, in-house editors make, I freaking love because they're actually making intentional creative decisions and not just doing these like robotic choices where you get images back and you're like, why did they expose for that? They like like any normal creative would have understood that there was an off-camera flash and and done this right. Freedom Edits will do it right, you guys. I freaking love them. Go check out Freedom Edits. By the way, uh, it's freedomedits.com forward slash Ben Hartley. That's where you need to go. Freedomedits.com forward slash Ben Hartley. They're going to give you the first full wedding free, you guys. Again, just mention my name, Ben Hartley. They're going to give you the first full wedding free. Like, Do you want to save a couple days this week? Then go do this right now. Freedomedits.com forward slash Ben Hartley. Hartley. All right, let's get back to the show. So you work exclusively within the QuickBooks ecosystem, and there's been some neat neat things that I've seen you talk about a little bit in regards to even opportunities to to kind of leverage some of this information um, to produce sales, I mean, to produce extra income for your business? What are you talking about? Yeah, absolutely. So one idea I have, um, and that we're talking with some photographers about right now is a lot of times, 
Like I have a photographer, he specializes in seniors. And so okay. you, you're really selling stuff one time. And I know there's a lot of different business models and different ones have, have different merits depending on what you're doing. But his model is one where he really sells prints. You can buy the digital rights, but it's really, really expensive if you buy it at that time. Okay. So he has his relationship. And if they have siblings, he's likely to get the siblings too because he does great work. And so that's all good and well, but you're never going to take another photo maybe for these people because he really doesn't do weddings and he doesn't do baby shots or any of that kind of stuff other than for my kids, uh, which I really appreciate. But so that client, it's a one-time relationship and he, he does well on them and all that kind of stuff, but it's a one-time relationship. Well, if you are entering all these transactions into QuickBooks, you now have at your data, you have this database at your fingertips that you can mine. And one of the ideas I have for a photographer like him who mainly sells prints is you could go back to these people and you could say, hey, 10 years have passed or five years have passed or whatever he wanted to do. Hey, dad, would you like to buy those digital images from your kid when they were a senior that I took? You know, you bought the prints already. You're never going to buy another print five years down the road realistically. But would you pay $250, $500, whatever that amount is? And would you like the digital images? I think about this for weddings. Like, man, my 10-year anniversary is coming up. I don't know what to get my wife. You know, well, if I get the digital images, I would get her a mug or a book or, you know, whatever I wanted to with those digital images. But I'm not going to go back and order another five by seven. So the idea is if you have all this information in a database that you can easily access, you can see, hey, show me all the people that it's been five years since I did their photo shoot. And boom, there it is. And there's all their contact information, all this kind of stuff. You could easily contact these people with whatever idea you have in mind. Even if it's something as simple as, as you know, you're not trying to resell these uh, images for whatever reason. And for some businesses, again, I wouldn't recommend it for everyone. But maybe you want to tell them about a sale you're having. Or maybe you do want to get into doing kid photos. And so you want to tack all those names of people who um, you took a photo for their wedding. And you want to say, hey, now I'm doing kid photos. Do you have any kids yet? You know? Yeah. So you're essentially taking um, the data that's in QuickBooks and almost using it as like a CRM exactly. in a way to be able to like analyze the data, see who spent what. Um, I mean, so look, I, I use QuickBooks. I do not use it for anything uh -huh. like this, right? Like I'm, I, I, I use it for bookkeeping um, and then whatever else you do with it, I guess just bookkeeping. <laughs> I don't know. My accountant needs it and he does the stuff like he presses the buttons and does the magic. Um, but, um, but I've never, you know, I, I've never used it for anything, you know, CRM related. Do you feel like, is it built for that? I mean, are, are these things that are easily um, easy to find this type of data? How, how do you end up doing yeah, this? Yeah. And it is super easy. And if anyone ever wants to, I can show them too, but you can make reports all different ways in QuickBooks. And there's kind of two parts of CRMs, like, right? One is your pipeline and your funnel coming in, people you've not done business with yet. And QuickBooks is not really designed to track those leads per se. It does not do an awesome job of that. But if we're talking about people that have bought something from you, they bought a package or photos, you should have all that information at your fingertips. Now, one of the important things is kind of the architecture or the setup of the system. Even if you record, hey, I'm going to record Jane Smith bought a $1,000 what, you know, hopefully it's more than a thousand dollars, but you know, a thousand dollar package from me, that information's in there, but you don't know exactly what she bought from you unless you have a setup to track that. So there's some nuances that go into it. You got to figure out what you want to track and then track it. And then you can mine that data and really start making extra money. I mean, it's kind of, it's free money that I think a lot of photographers are just leaving on the table.
Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, this is really interesting. I, I could see this. Um, yeah, I could see this playing out. Or I, I wonder if there's integration between a CRM out there. I know that uh-huh. like, there's so many solutions. Yeah. You know, we personally are on Tabe yeah. right now. Um, 17 Hats, HoneyBook. I mean, look, you name it. Um, it'd be really cool to see an integration that – because right now the thing that's not in QuickBooks would be would be the email you know, like the email address, unless I'm mistaken, but like would be the, the client's email address to be able to push out that email uh, easily. Um, I would love to see some sort of integration. I'm sure there's a CRM out there that integrates within QuickBooks where you could actually have that data within your 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 client relationship management software to push out, maybe even to push out an automated email uh, as well. Or even if it's not fully automated, to have some sort of like canned response out there that would be able to pull up, drop in the client's email uh, and and push that out. Are you familiar with any great CRMs that have synergy with QuickBooks? Yeah, and, I'm putting you no, on the spot right now, just no, to be good. clear. I, I, want the, I want the audience to know this as well. Like This is, well, this is what I love about the podcast. Like, uh, I actually have very little interest in saving face. I'm more interested in, in getting to like the point and being able to like give value to the listeners right now. So I'm, I, I want you guys to know if you're listening to this, I just put Andrew on the spot. Um, but yeah, do you have any recommendations? Yeah, and actually, I, we consult a lot on software. So I'll tell you, Method CRM is the one that we use. I don't know that Method, method is cool. CRM. And it, it syncs seamlessly with QuickBooks Online and all this good stuff. I don't know that that's ideal necessarily for photographers per se, but man, you're right. There are dozens and dozens. And one of the nice things about having a, I mean, Intuit that makes QuickBooks is like a multi-billion dollar company. They're the ones that everyone wants to plug and play with. And so if you have one that you like, it probably integrates with QuickBooks Online. And QuickBooks, so it's QuickBooks Desktop and QuickBooks Online. And QuickBooks Desktop was designed to make bookkeeping efficient. If like you're an accountant, that's who it was built with in mind, in my opinion. QuickBooks Online was built to integrate with apps and to make it so you have to do less bookkeeping because it can automate stuff. So it's it's very good at like yeah absolutely good share data with CRM. You can track email pretty easily in QuickBooks too. I'll say that, and you can get that on those reports you send out, import those into like Mailchimp something like that, and there you go. You can do a campaign that way too. It's awesome, man. Um, dude, let, let's kind of uh, chat a little bit um, about. Um, uh, I just lost my train of thought there for a second. Wait, it's coming back. Here it is. You consult with a number of photographers. Again, you've got the luxury of, look, I, this is what I love about you, man. Like I love people who specialize, uh-huh. even us. We've got a photography studio here in Columbus, Ohio called Style and Story. And we just want to be the best, the damn best yeah, at weddings, absolutely. right? It's just weddings. Even when we found our SEO consultant, we're using um, Turner SEO uh, web solutions. Um, Benjamin Turner, he just focuses on SEO for photographers. And so I get excited talking to you because what I've discovered from doing all these things from working on people who specialize is you've got all of the data for, for so many different typers. You've consulted with so many, um, yeah, so many people who are in the, this one field. And so as you look back at that, what have been some of the biggest hurdles that you see, uh, photographers, um, photographers struggling with, um, that you see, maybe it's, um, uh, pitfalls that you see hiccups along the road. Um, you know, I'd love to hear from you. What are some of the things that you've got a unique position to step back and see this micro perspective of the industry at large? What are some of those? Uh, one of the ones? things I would say I would observe and Ben, I think you, I bet you've seen the same thing is that skill at photography and quality of images from like an objective artistic standpoint, you know, the ones that would win awards aren't those photographers are not necessarily the ones who are making more money. There's not necessarily a correlation there. It it has a lot to do with what your business sense is or, you know, who you're getting advice from and some of that kind of thing. 
photography is an art, but it's also a business. And I would say the people who, because a lot of people get into it because they're interested in the art side of it. But if you want to make it and in a way that you're thriving and financially doing really well, you have to, at some level, get interested in the business side of things. One of my photographer clients who does very, very well, he said he was in it for a few years and he's a great photographer. And he said, I finally, I went to a conference and I finally had to bite the bullet and you still with yeah, me? Yeah, sorry. Did I drop off? Oh, am I still here? Hey, yeah. Hey, Andrew, you uh, you just cut out there. Unless I'm going to have you kind of patch that. this section up. You were just no, no. It just it just cut. It's okay. Um, so you were just getting ready to tell me about um, what yeah, you yeah okay. That. So, uh, one of my photographers who had been in photography a couple years professionally, doing really well, but his business hadn't taken off that much. He finally kind of got to the point. He said, "I'm going to have to bite the bullet." And the next conference he went to, he didn't sign up for any. Uh, technical skill classes on how to take better photos. He signed up only for the business classes, right? And he said it was it was a lot less fun and a lot more boring, but that helped jumpstart his business a lot more. Dude, I totally agree with that. Anytime I'm going to WPPI now, or you look, you name the conference, I go down the list, and like it's like off camera lighting bullshit. I'm not, right. I'm not going to that one. Like it's, it's you know, it's you uh, know, it'll be like on Instagram somewhere. No, I don't care. Like I'm, I'm everything that I'm focused on is on either ways to provide more value uh, to the leads that we have and to the clients that we serve. Um, or it's like business. It's just understanding the numbers. It's getting better at that. Dude, like take this a step further. I think some of the best conferences that I've been to have not been photography conferences. And when I say the best, I mean like the best ROI, the best um, that, have, that have developed, you know, our photography business have pushed us into new realms, have not been photography conferences, photography mentorships. I, I find it funny when photographers want to get mentored by other photographers. It's like the blind leading the blind. You know what I mean? Like, like, like even like candidly, even people will ask me like, Hey, I need a business coach. Would you mentor me? And I will look at them and be like, look, I, like I, um, I'm figuring it out. I have a business coach who's not a photographer. I really encourage people go find a business coach who is like a businessman. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like there's only so much that I can, I can give. I, I just actually believe that there are other people out there who can serve better in, in those type of regards. Um, so I think you hit home with that. I really do. Anything, uh, anything specifically related? I, I know, look, we're kind of opening a can of worms here. Anything specific to, you know, bookkeeping or to, or to filing or to taxes, any of that kind of stuff that you see any, big kind of pitfalls, um, hiccups, mistakes, even points of confusion that photographers have that maybe this would be a good opportunity to offer. Yeah, no, on. I appreciate the opportunity because uh, let me maybe paint a picture real quick if I could of how your bookkeeping system can work and should work in like this modern era where we're at. Here's what I do. I have an app. It's called Expensify. It's a wonderful app. Uh, so when I go out to eat with a client, I take a photo of the receipt and I put my phone back in my pocket Expensify uses OCR, so optical character recognition. It pulls out the date, the location, the dollar amount, all this stuff. It then knows uh, that it's this restaurant, and so it knows it should be meals. It then integrates all seamlessly without me doing anything into my QuickBooks system. And then I look in QuickBooks. I say, yep, that's right. And by the way, I'm looking in QuickBooks on my phone because it has a great app. And so while I'm standing in line at Walmart, I'm like, yep, these are all good. Off I go. I get a bill in. I take a photo of it. Same thing. It scans it, reads it. I then open up a different app I have called build.com. And I go in and I pay the bill with a couple of swipes on an app. And it mails the check for me. And it's all integrated. I have a yeah, question yeah. on this. 
No, I mean, like these are these are things that I like. I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Like as you keep talking, I'm like, oh man. But like I, at the same time, I'm also wondering how different. Like what you just explained with the the app Expensify, right? How you 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 go to the restaurant, you get the bill, uh, take a picture of the receipt, it scans in. Does that matter if everything that you do in life is being paid with a credit card? Because it, my understanding, maybe I'll just uh, get, uh, connect with where I'm coming from here. Um, my experiences or, or my understanding, and again, very well uh, admit that it could be flawed. <laughs> it likely is. Is that when I pay the credit card, that credit card statement is going to come through on my QuickBooks and I'll be able to see it there and and do it. And so it feels like it's hitting the same thing. Is this just for like a cash payment at a restaurant? Can you no, help give me some question. clarity? And one of the things is with all of this, there's so many different workflows, right? There's so many different ways you yeah. can do it. You can ignore Expensify. The reason I like using Expensify is then I have a copy of the receipt and that copy of the receipt automatically gets added to the item in QuickBooks. So like I needed to reorder business cards. And I get a quote from someone to, to order these business cards. And I thought, man, that seems kind of higher than I thought I paid before. And in like 30 seconds, I look up in QuickBooks and there is a copy from a year ago of my original credit card order with like the quantity and all this information on it. And I can say, yeah, okay, why is your price so much higher than what I paid a year ago? And I'm not going through digging through a file or any of that kind of stuff. It's all right there. And so that's what I like about it. From it. Yeah. No, that's fair. That. Yeah, that makes sense. Because right now I just see the dollar amount. I don't necessarily see what was purchased, what was bought, how many you know coffees I ordered <laughs> at, at the diner. Uh, I'll, I'll tell yeah, you, it's probably six. Uh, yeah. And from a tax perspective, <laughs> like if you've got the credit card statement, we're talking about small expenses. The IRS is usually okay with, hey, I've got the credit card statement. I, I really spent it. Some of that kind of stuff is usually okay. But it's a lot more solid if you've got an actual copy of the receipt and you can say, oh, look, there were two chicken dinners bought at that cafe, you know, and, and I can look at my Outlook calendar and I can say, who did I have lunch with? Because if you're ever audited, and I hope you guys never do go through that experience, they're going to want to see records. And I will tell you from the receipts, they can be pretty reasonable on small stuff. But if all you have is a credit card statement and a bunch of lines that say Starbucks, and you don't have any records of who you were talking to or what you were talking about or any of this kind of stuff, and there's no way to tie back, there is definitely a chance that they'll disallow all of those. And you'll end up with a much bigger tax bill than you should because you spend it on legitimate business expenses. You just didn't have the records to back it up. Yeah, right on. Is there um is there any advice um in terms of other apps, tools, uh, maybe even to accomplish that problem? I mean, like, for example, uh, uh, you know, the amount of times that, you know, we're treating clients to a meal, even we're out photographing a wedding and we need to stop at Subway real quick and grab some food, or we, we finish an engagement session. We want to treat our couple to a nice meal. Um, are there any other apps or tools that would maybe even help with that process of documentation of, uh, that would hold up with the IRS of like who, you know, who you were serving, who you're meeting with, um, you know, those type of things. Cause I think as photographers, we're probably doing a lot Absolutely. of that to be honest, right? Photographers, like we're going to Starbucks all the time. We're taking clients out to a nice treat. Uh, I think that stuff happens. Yeah. And often. if all you got is the credit card, there's none of that detail on there. So one of the things I tell people is when you get that receipt at the restaurant, you have the pen already there. So right on there, you know, Bob and Sally, you know, that's who I had dinner with Bob and Sally, Bob, Bob and Sally Smith. Then when you take a photo of it, and then it gets imported automatically into your system and attached in QuickBooks. If you're ever audited and the IRS says, hey, show me this you know, $83 dinner at this restaurant. Show me what that was for. You pull it right back up and you say, here it is. And the, 
And so the IRS actually has, people don't always know this, but they actually have a mandate to try and extract as much money as possible with the least amount of effort. Like this is, and, and they're pretty upfront, this is it. And so if you show them, look, I've got great records, they don't dig nearly as much. If your records are a mess, they know that you're a big target. They're going to have a big write-up on how much you owe. They're going to dig a lot more. And you've got two options with mileage. One option is to have this awful logbook that is painful, painful to track and to comply with a law, or you can just kind of wing it and estimate at year end, right? Neither of those options is very good. Obviously, if you're just estimating that doesn't comply with IRS, you're putting yourself at risk for audit and, and all sorts of issues, and you're potentially estimating wrong. So you're potentially leaving deductions on the table. So we tried out a bunch of different mile tracking apps, and the one I strongly recommend is Mile IQ. It's like five bucks a month or, or something. And it, it's always running. It always tracks it. And you swipe left if it's personal. You swipe right if it's business. You can easily add a memo. But it's a ama- And it, like, I always drive from my house to my business, which I don't have a qualifying home office. So that is commute. That's another thing people often get wrong. Driving, if you don't have a home office to an office, that's a non-deductible drive, right? After you categorize the same drive three times the same way, it prompts you and says, hey, do you want us to just always categorize this drive the same way? So now I don't even have to swipe left or swipe right. Not like that's a lot of effort, but I don't even have to do that for like half of my drives. It's it's a lifesaver. So easy. So Mile IQ is my recommendation after trying a bunch of them. Easiest mile tracking. Nice. I love it, man. I'm, I'm sitting here in the room and there's uh, people walk by, they're like, Oh, I like you. They're like shaking their head. Like, yeah, I use that. Yeah. I use that. So, uh, you're, you're getting some, some backup there. Dude. So, okay. Um, is, is filing your own taxes and obviously we're all built differently. Your general advice. I mean, when you hear that the photographers file their own taxes, are there any alarms? I mean, do you feel like this is something that should be outsourced? Um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities to outsource tasks in, in our, in our businesses, uh, with our editing, uh, with, I mean, that's probably the number one thing is, is editing your work, but also hopping in and helping out with some administration roles, uh, with inbox management, that kind of stuff. Um, how do you feel about outsourcing on taxes? Is that something that you believe photographers should do? The tax law is so complex anymore that I do. It's, it's too hard to keep up with. For most people, it's such an investment of time to really know what you're doing. And yeah, you can get TurboTax and try and walk through it yourself, but you're probably missing deductions or you're potentially taking deductions you shouldn't take. And that's not much better either. So I think Ben, that is one of those areas. I think it invest in a professional and and to get your your taxes done, if you're an individual, and this doesn't account for you know geographic differences, but it's probably a few hundred bucks. The other thing I'll say is, even if you could do them on your own, what you typically find is if you go to good preparer, and I would tend to steer people, if you've got your small business, your photographer, you're self-employed at some level, I tend to steer you away from the H&R blocks and those kind of chains. And I would go to someone where you can go to the same person year after year, and they can get to know you. And again, and Ben, I'll tell you, I say I'm this because... I don't sell this service, right? Like we don't, we are not looking for tax clients. So this is not me trying to get tax clients, but that's my honest opinion. I'd, I'd go to that person and then they're an ally and they're an advocate for you and they get to know your business. And you're talking maybe a few hundred bucks to get that once a year, totally worth it. Yeah. 
No, man, I, I think that's, uh, yeah, I think it's so smart. I think it's right. I mean, even when I first started, I think the first year I did it myself. Uh, and then the second year, Absolutely. you know, sure I save money. Yep. We're always looking for, for cost savings. Like oh, I can't afford to hire someone right now. The second year, the, when, when, um, we decided to actually have someone do it and it actually cost us more money because of, uh, the time it took for him to go back and understand all the ways that we had messed everything up and understand our data keeping absolutely like more money oh, yeah. his time. Does that make sense? To fix all the stuff that we did wrong than if we would have just hired him in the first place, not only more money, but like the stress it put on my wife and I, the time it took away, uh, from like enjoying our evenings together. Um, and so I will never forget that. Uh, and we'll, yeah, I, I always recommend it. Um, yeah. Do you have any advice for, um, I mean, I know you just gave some in terms of find someone, you know, avoid the HR blocks, find someone who you're going to be able to work with, uh, throughout the years. You can build that relationship with swing by the office and say hi to whatever it may be. Do you have any advice for ways to go about finding that type of individual in your city? I mean, is it just hopping on Google? Find someone you like. What advice do you have? Uh, That is the most important thing. And there are people out there, I will say, they don't have you don't have to be a CPA to prepare taxes and to know what you're doing. It is a pretty good standard of if you're a CPA, you've got continuing education requirements. Uh, you you got to know what you're doing at least at some level. So that's probably a good idea. There are plenty of people who hang out a shingle and say I'm a tax preparer and don't know what they're doing, and that can be dangerous. And so I I, t- I would tend to recommend I'd find a CPA and I'd find one in your town that you like that is friendly, that explains stuff well, and I'd use them. That's kind of my, my two cents. I love it, man. Dude, I've got one last question for you. It's a, it's a big one. Well, I would like to think it's a big one. And it's only because I think that I want to get practical. I want to be able to give photographers a really practical piece of information, right? And so, um, Leslie, my beautiful wife, who's going to be editing this, if you could ding up a nice little like ding chime for me right now, uh, let's get practical, right? Let's get practical. So, I want to hear from you, Andrew, one of the biggest deductions that photographers miss out on, right? At the end of the year to actually deduct. Um, Think on that for a quick second, but one of the biggest deductions that photographers fail to to kind of take advantage of or to see or claim uh, at the end of a year. Um, And obviously this isn't going to be like a black and white thing. There's a lot of people who probably find it. I've not found any one thing. I mean, most photographers know if I buy photography equipment, that's deductible, right? Most people know about meals and mileage. What I will say I find is I'll talk to a photographer and they'll say, oh yeah, I don't have any records for the month of January. You know, I don't have, I'm missing a six week gap here. Um, and I don't want to go dig through myself and find it. And so what I find is there's not like a category or one big thing that is an aha moment. It is a lack of consistently recording all the small stuff. I know it's kind of a boring answer, but it is true. And that, that small stuff really does add up pretty fast. Yeah. Consistency. I got it, man. Consistency. Um, Andrew, dude, thank you so much for being on the episode with us today. Um, look, uh, where can people find you? Where can people find more about, um, your service, what you do? Where can people ping you? Like I'm going to, I'm about to put you on the spot, man. Someone's got a question. They want to reach out and connect. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to find you online. CPA for photographers. That's either CPA and the number four or CPA for CPA for photographers.com. That is our photography focused, uh, brand. And we'd love to see you there. I, I will say too, if you go there, you'll find something called our growth plan, 
which is designed for small businesses. And we have a, a brand of it that's designed specifically for photographers. We look at things like, should you consider an S corporation election? Could we be saving you that $3,000 a year or more? And we also give advice on how you can make your bookkeeping painless. We give you a monthly checklist to keep you on task of these are the things you need to do each month, quick and painless. And that's kind of kind of the focus of that website. But we also do coaching and other stuff on there too. I love it, man. And you've got some great like partnerships going on with QuickBooks right now, correct? I mean, like even just to be able to check out QuickBooks through you guys. Yeah, can, absolutely. Can if you're interested some, in some pretty cool uh, any of the apps we talked right? about, we are certified in every app we talked about and a bunch of other ones. And so if you're interested in them, we'd love to help you get them set up. We have partnerships with QuickBooks. So if you sign up for QuickBooks through us, or if you're currently on QuickBooks online and you want to move over to us, uh, it's the same exact price as QuickBooks would charge, but we will throw in a free half hour kind of setup training consultation for you uh, just in recognition because QuickBooks is giving us something. So we want to give it something back to you guys. Dude, I love it, man. Andrew, I really appreciate your time, your knowledge, your creativity uh, with with taxes, uh, knowing the numbers, creativity even with like, how do you creatively um, address um, bookkeeping? How do you creatively address uh, taxes in 2018? The, the, I love the way that you're integrating apps, that you're integrating technology. Um, there's just ways that you're constantly improving and innovating. I think it's really exciting. So huge takeaways there. You guys, thank you so much for listening to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. I actually got one more thing for you guys too. I don't want this to be where the conversation ends. I don't want you guys just to hear my voice. I would love to actually see you. And so I, I've got an invitation over on the Six Figure Photography Facebook page. I'm making live videos quite often. I think we're like 200 plus episodes in you guys. It's called SF Live. Join me over there and, and do me a favor. Uh, comment, say hi, throw some thumbs up, some hearts, because I would actually love to look you pseudo in the eye, like sit in the camera and, and say like, hey, thank you for being here and answer questions. I treat every SF Live video as an opportunity for Q&A for you guys to really riff right off the cuff uh, and offer perspective. So and we will see you on the next episode of the SFP podcast. <laughs>